All right. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Hustle With Us. You're here for a great episode. we got a great one lined up for you with Coach Katrina Merriweather. She's the head coach for Wright State Women's Basketball. She joined that staff back in 2010 as an assistant coach, worked her way all the way up to that head coaching title, and was named that in 2016. She's won a couple of awards in that position herself and, uh, you know, really just gave us a great overview of how she got to her position. Right, Craig? Yeah, Coach Merriweather, she really dug into um, the story. She comes from a basketball family, started her basketball life um, at a really early age and has continued on with it. And so it's great hearing the story, great hearing the journey. And then also uh, she got into some really interesting details about the types of drills she runs with her players. She told us a little bit about the type of offense that she likes to run how she looks for players that fit that offense, how she adjusts if the player doesn't fit. But, you know, she looks for players to fit that offense, and then she works with those players to enhance their capabilities to fit into that offense. You know, it's really a, an interesting perspective that she has, and she gets into some really good details. So, yeah, great interview. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's, she does remain flexible. You know, there are certain traits that she'll look for uh, when she's out on the recruiting trails, but Hey, it's working for her. I mean, this, just this past season alone, she finished with a 16 and two record in the horizon league conference and actually won Wright state's first ever outright regular season title made it to the NCAA tournament for the second time in the school's history. She's on the right trajectory right now. She's going to be doing great things here this year and into the years to come. She talks about though, when she's out there, on those recruiting trails, you know, some of the traits she looked for, like I mentioned, and really it's about, you got to have that motor, you got that hustle and you got to be a good teammate as well. Uh, you got to, you got to make sure that you're, you're feeding the ball the right way to the right people and treating people with the utmost respect out there on the court. So just make sure you keep that in mind as you're playing in your own uh, AAU games or what, whatever other leagues you're playing in out there. But we'll get right to it. Uh, before we do, make sure you folks are scrolling down. Give us a rating there on whatever podcast medium you're listening to us too and hey make sure you're following hustle fitness on all of the social media outlets that's hustle with us on instagram facebook and twitter uh, make sure you give us a follow there we'll get right into it though without further ado coach katrina merriweather before we get to our interview a quick word about the hustle sports training app if you're an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop your players with an effective training program, look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, here we go. All right, welcome in, everyone. We have with us a very special guest tonight here. It's Coach Katrina Merriweather. She's the head coach for Wright State Women's Basketball. She's a bit of a player herself, has been at Wright State since 2010, and really glad that we've had the uh, chance to chat with her tonight. Coach, how are we doing tonight? 
I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to y'all for a little bit. No problem. We appreciate you making the time as always. So I mentioned there you did join Wright State in 2010. You were actually named the head coach in 2016. You started you started at Wright State as an assistant. Uh, and, and I know you played uh, played in Ohio at Cincinnati for your playing time back in college. I want to hear a little bit about your story and, and uh, how you sort of got to that head coaching position today. Was it always your aspiration to be a head coach at the college level? I think it was an aspiration that became real when I was actually in college. Um, it's in my sophomore year media guide that I wanted to be a college coach. And before that time, I was really fortunate. My dad unknowingly set this platform for me uh, with the organization called The Family that he began when I was 10 years old. And it was a youth mentoring program where all the kids in the inner city came and played. He's had it for 30 years now. He's never had a tryout. Anybody who wants to play, he brings them in the gym, gets them on a team. Uh, my whole family's involved, my mom, my sister, my aunt, my granny. Uh, and I think that it started there. And where I went from being mentored to becoming a mentor, that he allowed me to start coaching teams when I was about 16, 17 years old. And around that time, the program had really turned the corner and had some nationally recognized players. So I tell everybody, I just really fell in love with coaching super talented players when we won all the time. So <laughs> it was really easy, really easy to enjoy it because despite whatever my shortcomings were as a, a young coach standing there, they pretty much overcame them all just because they were so talented. And uh, I get to college and I had this amazing staff uh, where my head coach, Lori Pirtle, was a stickler for fundamentals, doing things the right way. Uh, my recruiting coach was nationally recognized for being a great recruiter. We had other assistants that were great at scouting, another one that was great at taking care of the players. And it was just really a special environment. And I think being in that environment is what made me realize that I wanted to do the same thing, which was something bigger than basketball that allowed me to stay in basketball. Right. Uh, so it, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, so and you actually come from a little bit of a basketball background yourself. I mean, your dad obviously he was a coach himself, but didn't also played in college. And didn't the uh, didn't your grandfather as well play over there at uh, at Purdue? Yes, absolutely. My dad played at Purdue for one year, and then I was born, so he transferred back to the University of Indianapolis. I so I have some, some young parents, and uh, my grandfather was um, an All American at Purdue. So, yes, basketball, and, and obviously played at Christmas Addicts with Oscar Robertson uh, with the first state championship in, in 55. So there's a little bit of history there. Right, and so do you think that that sort of played a part in it, or was that, uh, for lack of a better word, forced on you, or did you kind of fall into place yourself with, uh, with your coaching slash playing? Not forced at all. Uh, my dad didn't say anything to me about basketball. Um, he actually was doing some work with my grandfather because he was an agent at the time. And so my dad was traveling around mm. with his clients in the NBA and he would stay with them, you know, for a couple months out the year, make sure they got settled. So my dad was moving around a lot. He was actually in Arizona uh, with William Becker when he played with the Phoenix Suns. So growing up, like my favorite player was Charles Barkley and not because I wanted to play. I just was around some of those guys sometimes. And it was again, a really unique experience, but one day I participated in elementary school. My gym teacher, Nina Bishop, put a basketball in my hand and put me in a free throw contest that I'd never shot before. And 
here I am 10 years old for the first time touching the ball and I get second place. I tell my dad and then I sign him up while he's still in Arizona to be my coach at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. And he'll tell you that's kind of where it all started. So it didn't have anything to do with him um, outside of just being around it all the time. But he never asked me if I wanted to play. Um, first time he found out I wanted to play, I signed him up to be my coach. <laughs> nice. And so, um, you know, your career started young. You came from a basketball family. Um, let's let's talk about your time in college playing at Cincinnati. Did you kind of get the coaching bug, you know, even more while you were there? Or was it always there when you started young and, and kind of, you know, were you inspired by your coaches there at Cincinnati and said, you know what, this could be a good career for me? Yeah, I think I always loved basketball. Uh, the coaching part definitely started with the family. But then when I got to, anytime you play at a higher level, um, going to college and being in a place like Cincinnati where our men were number one in the country, we're just a basketball school. And my coach was so good. And, you know, she was the queen of the quick hitters. Um, again, she could two ball right now, and she's in her 50s. Uh, and I think that I just really admired and looked up to her. And I had really, really good coaches. I can go all the way back to my middle school coaches, my high school coaches, and they were really, really good people. Like I wasn't brought up playing, getting yelled at, screamed at, cussed at, uh, or anything like that. And I think that that had a huge impact on me wanting to be the same kind of coach, still being competitive, but being able to coach and impact young people in a positive way. And so I would have to give credit to, to all the coaches I've ever had. I've never had a bad one. Yeah. And so at Cincinnati, you continued as a graduate assistant there after you finished your playing days. What was that like? It was amazing. Uh, even in the 15 years that I've been coaching in college, there's no doubt that that was the most crucial year for me to participate in a program and then turn around and be on the outside while still being connected to the kids that were obviously my teammates, the players, uh, was a big, such a unique experience. All the things that I didn't understand, all the things that I thought my coach was dramatic and we would throw out these terms like she's crazy, she's bipolar, she's all these things. <laughs> and then you watch from the outside and you're like, it's us. We make her crazy. <laughs> we're the reason she's bipolar. And you know, saying it is, uh, it's just enlightening to actually sit in the room with those coaches and, and to listen to the conversations and the decisions that are being made. And I, I feel like that will always be the most critical year in my development because I got a chance to understand in the same program that I played in why things were done a certain way. And I think it's why it's one of my strengths as a head coach now, and that's just managing people and running the program. Got it. So yeah, and then so you went on. You uh, were graduated at Cincy for a while. Was a coach at a couple of different schools. In the meantime, uh, you were an assistant coach at Purdue. You were consistently recruiting top ten classes there, and obviously that continues on today. And uh, your time at Wright State. When you're going out on the recruiting trail, what are some of the aspects that you look for in players that you really think, yeah, this this girl can play at the next level for sure. Well, one thing that's really important here for us is the dribble drive. Um, it's the main offense that we run. So in order for someone to be successful here, they've got to have a motor. Um, 
so that's one of the, the first things. And people mistake motor for athleticism, and, and it's really not that. There are a lot of kids that are really athletic that don't play fast. And the thing about our dribble drive and the pace that we play and getting up and down the floor is that if you take someone's skill set and you speed them up, sometimes they're not as good. So when I'm going out and my staff is watching games, like we're watching how fast someone can actually play and still be really good. So it's uh, that's kind of our it factor is is the motor. And I like versatile players. Uh, it's really tough. And that dribble drive, if all you can do is create and get to the basket, but you can't make an open shot because people just sit in the paint and dare you to shoot. So that's what I like more than anything, I would say, is you got to have a motor and you have to have some versatility so that we can play you in all four of those spots on the perimeter and still be effective no matter where the offense takes you within a certain possession. Got it. Yeah, okay. So when you are – obviously that's a, very, that's a key aspect of your offense there. Is that something that um, you, know, you have always taken? They've, they've got to fit your system or is, are there certain traits that you look for in, in them as well? Well, I am, I would like to think that I'm pretty flexible. Uh, We Mm -hmm. all try to recruit the best players we can get. And I think that that is, it's really tough for a kid to be good in in our program if you just don't have a motor. You know, like you find out that they they get injured, they're under a lot of uh, stress all the time. Like it's just not a fun experience. They turn the ball over a lot. We consistently, even when I was in the system, we've been, top 20 in the country and fewest turnovers so it's something that we do not do so you got to be able to handle the ball a little bit and again you got to play fast to hold on to it and that's just basketball stuff but when you are looking and watching being a really good teammate is important to me too you know the people that are clapping cheering picking people up uh, you can still figure out how to be productive even when your shot's not falling. And, again, being the glue out there for your team, those things are obviously extremely important too. Um, but I don't know. I think that it just is I, – I, I, I always get back to that motor. Like, you, you have to have mm-hmm. one. Um, now, if it just so happens we signed some kids and I look up and I'm like, man, you know, like we're just not fast enough. Well, I will be more inclined to alter what we do a little bit that I am to throw my hands up and say we're not going to be any good because I don't have enough kids to have the motor that we need. So I think that I'm pretty flexible when it comes down to that. If, if I have to make some adjustments, I'm not going to beat my head against the wall being determined to do what I want to do. We're going to do what the team year after year is really good at. Yeah, and so the players have a combination of some of those intangible skills. And then, like like you said, they got to have that motor. Um, you know, th- here at Hustle, we're all about the drills, you know, we, we have a lot of different drills that we talk with our players about all the time. We hear from coaches and trainers about some of their favorite drills all the time. Can you kind of share, uh, something that you use with your team to develop that motor or to enhance that dribble drive offense? Um, you know, something that you work on in practice. Uh, my favorite thing to do, um, is the blood drills. And it may be a little difficult to explain over the phone, but in that dribble drive, it's really important that in transition you sprint to those corners. Um, and then obviously your post, your post players have to go first post, second post. But in these blood drills, what it does is that you, your ball handlers, they basically go back and forth to two ends. So if you can imagine on each end, you've got a person in the corner and you've got your five player. And then the dribble drive, your five player's job is to stay opposite of the ball. 
see that a coach standing at half court, and let's just say green is coming one way, and you give the ball to green, and they're attacking white on one end, and they've got a score on one side without any reversals or anything. So the first, we, what you hear in the gym ever since Mike Bradbury was the head coach is lay it in. So the first thing we try to do is drive hard enough to lay it in. And if they can't, then they stop in the drop box, and then you have some, that kid coming out of the corner. And that kid has some options. She can either get it coming out the corner and go lay it in, or she can throw it back to the point guard who's going back in the corner, and then you can pass it to the post player. And if you don't score out of those, out of that action, it's not your ball anymore. And so now White's got it coming the other way. And it's an extremely fast-paced back and forth that really, really wears your point guards out and the people that handle the ball out because, in essence, they're the only ones that are going back and forth. Great for and conditioning. Really, yeah, it's great for conditioning. We don't have to do a lot of running because if you run the dribble drive, and dribble drive as hard and fast as it needs to be ran in our plays, that in itself, the breakdown drills with all the actions, that will get you in basketball shape. Sure. I love that. No, that's uh, killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. That's, uh, that's, how, that's how you got to attack it. So uh, now, obviously, beginning of the season, conditioning could be not, I wouldn't say an issue, probably not for the, uh, the players that you're bringing into the fold. But, uh, you know, you might need to get a little bit more used to game speed. So let's say you're going through the season here and you, got, and you are on your way to a Horizon League title, whatever the case is. And uh, do, you, do you change up those drills a little bit? Do you attack your drills in different ways or anything else you bring into the fold? I think that what we really try to do is the term that I learned, and, and I've got some really great mentors, and Keith Freeman is one of them. Uh, that was my associate head coach. He's now the associate head coach at Old Dominion. And we talk a lot about load management. And mm-hmm. it's so critical that you figure out how much to do with kids at a certain point of the year. And the trick is, is that that load is different for everyone. If you do have a phenomenal athlete that maybe maybe is only paid to play 20 or 25 minutes a game, that's a lot different than a kid that's giving you everything they got for 35 minutes. And are you doing drills that are wearing out that kid that's playing 35 minutes? Or are you putting them in a position to maintain their conditioning? And I think that that's the, the tricky part. Now, what we were able to do this past year that we had not been able to do in my time at Rice Bay was we had legitimately the all 12 players that were eligible to play in the game to play. And what that allowed me to do was utilize them until they got tired and then there was someone just as good coming off the bench to put in for them. Now, I don't know that we've got that situation this year. Again, last year was really special. And so right. when you ask me, what am I going to do different in the, in the second half is make sure that the kids that are not playing as much are still in game shape. Because I think that that is the toughest part. So these drills where my starters who play 30-plus minutes are going to be in them, my kids that don't play as many, they do more reps in those drills. And I think that that is the main thing that we were really good at this past year were the ones that played heavier minutes they still have to do the drills and they still have to do it at the pace that you expect them to, but they don't have to do as many reps. And what it does is it continues to develop your kids on the bench that don't play as many minutes so that if you have a situation, which we did, you know, where a kid gets hurt, now you're not bringing somebody into the game that one mentally is not prepared to play 
because they, they don't think they're going to play in the games because they only play 10 minutes. But you have someone who's conditioned to play 15 or 20 because this other kid is out. So I would, I would say that what we do differently is the low management becomes more of a priority as the season goes on. Got it. Okay. And it, the strategy that you have creates a deeper bench. Um, and obviously it's, it's paying off for you guys in terms of your record. And then also for you um, personally, uh, you know, you were named horizon league coach of the year in 2017 and 2019. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? What's that like? Oh, it's amazing because I'm smart enough to surround myself with great people. Yep. You know, that, that award is my favorite one because it doesn't have anything to do with me outside of I know how to pick really awesome people. Um, my staff, again, all six of us are going on vacation together. <laughs> so we have this amazing chemistry that I feel like spills over into our team. And I think that it shows them what it really looks like when you have a genuine connection and everybody is on the same page and working towards the goal of competing for a championship and ultimately being in a position to win it. Um, that to me is, is the main thing. And it just reflects so much on them. And then it reflects on my administration because they gave me what I need to hire these awesome people. It literally is everybody's award. And that's why it's my favorite one. It's really got nothing to do with me. Um, besides maybe I make some really good decisions about who to hire. I'd say so, because one of those folks had a great idea to uh, get a nice little planning session in there in Cabo. Isn't that right? <laughs> That's right. That'd be Abby Jump. She's our, our young one, and she is a Wright State alum. And when I tell you she put that NCAA ring from 2014 on her finger and told me to put it on mine and that she willed this championship and believed in it when I was saying this is the worst rebounding team and defensive team I've ever coached in my life, including AAU. And I was ripping them to shreds about their effort, and they just got better and better and better. And the whole time, she never doubted that we were going to win this championship. And I'm telling you, uh, she does have a really good idea. So Cowboy wasn't the only one. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it sounds like uh, it sounds like she earned her way onto the onto that squad before she before she, she did. just in Cabo. That's for sure. Now, so you you doing a little planning during this vacation, or what's uh, what's all going to go down when you folks are out, and how quick are you back in the court once you're back stateside? I think we're going to do a lot of swimming, um, a lot of tanning. Uh, we will, we've got a scheduled hour every day uh, where we're going to sit and talk about the team because we just spent the eight weeks watching them and, and breaking down some stuff and doing some individuals and, and kind of getting an idea of what it is that we want to run. Again, the, even though the dribble drive is clearly our base offense, the actions that are within it, we'll have to make a decision about who we want where, what positions are they going to be the most successful. We'll just kind of – strategically go through all that good stuff um but it trust me there will be plenty of relaxing plenty of sleeping in um plenty of of time by the water um and then when we get back uh we'll meet back up again on the 22nd and we'll have our full day where we knock out everything on a, an agenda uh so that when the kids get back on the 25th and start school on the 26th we'll be ready to hit the ground running Wow, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. We're already we're already getting after it. I love that. All right. So uh, here at Hustle, you know, we're all about the technology and training and integrating that into your training. And want to know maybe while you're out there in Cabo or once you're back, uh, once you're back home, 
Is there anything that you use today, technology-wise, for training your players? And is there any anything you have sort of in the works, maybe, that you want to bring on board? Well, I'll tell you, I am a 90s kid to my core. Like When it's time for me to retire, I ask them to find me some sort of living facility where there's no cell phones, no nothing. Uh, so I am horrible when it comes down to those things. However, I am surrounded by, again, some great people <laughs> and a lot more than I do. And what we have with Synergy, uh, where we can see the clips of our team and obviously every team in the country at our level, it breaks down the analytics of points per possession, uh, breaks down all these different factors. And if it wasn't, again, for Keith Freeman, who we weren't using any of that at Wright State until he came and joined, um, and I started to learn the importance of statistically taking a look deeper than just the stat sheet um, about how lineups and which ones work better together and all these different things. So we'll spend some time pulling up synergy and going through some of those numbers and figuring out from last year what works best and what positions the returners and that sort of thing. So we definitely utilize synergy uh, for much more than I would if it was just me. If it was just me, it would just be all about clicking on something and, and some clips popping up because that's about it and how extensive my technology uh, is. But everybody here, they uh, they go a little deeper into a lot of the analytics. And I think that's really beneficial and, and worked out well, very well for us in the past year. Sounds like it, though. Nothing wrong with those old school, you know, Saturday morning uh, film sessions, though, you know, pointing out what, yeah. what all you need to work on. So we definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, awesome coach. Well, uh, appreciate your time here tonight. I think, uh, you know, we covered a lot and really appreciate your insight into uh, some of the recruiting tips and training tips and everything, everything under the sun. Before we let you go, we want to, uh, we want to get into a little bit of rapid fire, which we do with all of our guests here. We're just going to throw some questions at you. We'll, we'll make them easy. And, uh, you know, just first thing that comes to mind, you let us know. Does it sound good? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. All right. All right. Like I said, we'll go, we'll make it easy. We'll start real easy with the uh, favorite sports movie of all time. Above the rim. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> any time that things get rough, um, when I was in college, I learned don't quit. And whether we're working out as a staff and I'm trying to hold a plank for 45 seconds um, or when I was in college running a mile and I realized that I could say don't quit seven and a half times uh, per lap, um, I'll have to go with the, the poem don't quit. That's my favorite. I love it. Okay, awesome. All right, so uh, your players are warming up. What is the – or you're warming up yourself. What's the best pregame music? Pregame music. Get you in the zone. Again, there's so many things uh, that I don't want my players to know I listen to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so right now, me and the whole staff, we are unfortunately into Cardi B. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes, because our kids love Cardi B. And, and we all know what sometimes the language can be like. But we try to tell them that we're not really listening to the words as much as we're listening to the beat. So I, we are all, and, and Tanisha Dixon, my five player, would be very excited to hear me say that 
when we were working out as a staff, it is Cardi B. <laughs> Can't beat that. That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so um, who is the coach across any sport that you admire the most? I got to be Coach Stringer mm -hmm. at Rutgers University. There you go. Okay, I love that. That's a little, a little personal touch as well. All right. Uh, all right, we'll close it out here. Uh, best back in your playing days or maybe maybe what you recommend to your players we'll keep it at that because you know we we know they'll be listening we don't want them to get any poor ideas uh, best <laughs> uh pre-game meal what's what's the best pre-game meal to make sure that you're that you're playing at the top top level well it depends on if we're eating breakfast or if we're eating lunch and you'll love this and so will they they actually make requests and when we have kids like Kim Demings, who's on my staff, all-time leading scorer at Wright State, all-time mm -hmm. leading scorer in Horizon League, she loved waffles. Huh. So when breakfast was pregame, it was waffles. Mackenzie Taylor, who was on last year's team, loved corn. So when it was a big game, we had corn. So you, whatever player <laughs> thinks that the food has an impact on how well they're going to play, that's the food that we're going to eat before the game. Is it, I mean, is it corn on the cob, cream corn? What, what, what kind of, what are we talking here? Corn casserole? It is, it, no, it is literally butter corn. And that was her thing, and that's what she liked, so that's what we got. I love it. Awesome. Well, that's that is a player's coach right there, and I can see. Uh, obviously, you took that you took that in stride with some of your mentors as well. It seems like back when you played your when you played your college ball there at Cincy, coach. Absolutely. Appreciate the time again. I, I, we had a great time here tonight. Um, really love chatting with you here, and looking forward to following you this year in the Horizon League, and hopefully following you into the NCAA tournament as well. Thank you again for your time and. Enjoy your time in Cabo for sure. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, Tristan and Craig. I hope to talk to you again soon.